Damn, Even that bro. stuff was struggling on that snack. You got... Whoa! Welcome to episode 30. Yeah? Yes! Brady, can we see that snap again just for the... Oh, because he... For about 28 episodes, we would... We'd clap before. Clap before, and then Brady... Well, no, Scarlett was testing Brady's her mic or Brady. something I, with a snap the other week, and I liked it. There's no better description of Brady than the fact that he snaps to check his mic while yeah. everybody else claps. It's all the same. Actually, Peter, I'm curious. Do you, like, look for the clapping motion to line up clips? So is it snap actually hard? Uh, normally, I actually use Premiere. There's a auto function where it detects audio waves. So we don't need to clap? Ones. Wait, we've been clapping for 30 episodes, Peter, and you didn't even need that? <laughs> Um, not for these, for uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I like it. It's a good routine. It, it makes is, me feel it, like it, it locks it us in. Me, it does help me when I'm like, okay, where's the start and the stop of a segment? When I see you guys clap, it's like, it's a very It's easy, just a spike? Yeah, it's a very easy okay. spike. Okay, so it is helpful. It is helpful. Because producers, back in the day, when I was doing my content, all the way back with Marcella, your name is Marcel? Marcel, yeah. Marcel, yeah. She taught me that, like, you gotta clap. Peter's like, you yeah. have to do it. Well, because it's like when directors do the action, Correct. that's visual and audio, right? It makes a snapping sound and... It has the, the scene on the mm-hmm. on it, right? Yeah, it has a scene on it. And most film cameras don't can't actually record sound, so that's why you really need it for like film and stuff. Because mm-hmm. like most film cameras don't even record sound. And so that's why that like habit started. Did you see that the who who made Citizen Kane? You're a movie guy, Peter. Who? Uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Did I watched his video of him saying his trick to making Citizen Kane that he'd never done a movie in Hollywood before, and that anyone could learn how to do a camera in half a day. What do you think about that, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> As someone professionally, did you did, have you seen that that interview? No, I don't think I watched that interview. Uh, I just watched it, and it was interesting because I thought my experience with directive has been the same. And I'll talk about that in a second. But what do you think about half, only half a day to learn anything you need to know with a camera? That's a crazy quote, right? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty crazy. He was also very, like, just gifted in general. And he'd already been directing, like, theater and stuff like that. So it was more like, you Hyperbole. Know. <laughs> yeah, it was more like he already knew how to direct because he'd been directing theater and radio things and stuff. And so it was more, I guess, just him learning where to put the camera and stuff well he was talking about his cameraman this whole time this is who he was talking about his cameraman taught him but he was saying his cameraman was phenomenal and that he taught him in half a day yeah which crazy that is crazy okay yeah he probably just simplified exposure and focus and said that's all you need to know yet there's yeah as a photographer yourself what do you think about that half a day will you pull this up for me Orson Welles uh, or just go to my Twitter I tweeted about it it's on my Twitter because I saw this. Cause so while she's pulling this up, what I thought was interesting about Orson was what he said regarding the fact that the reason he, the only way he made could have made Citizen Kane was because he didn't know what he was doing. In other words, it, it was essentially right now, here. Like, watch. I'll let him say it. Um, a scene that you've never in all your life ever made a film before Kane, and had never, so far as I'm aware, been in a studio. Before, true. Before I've never seen this movie, by the way. Um, Have you? Quite apart from how you landed this <laughs> the worst. The result of enormous notoriety at the time and other gifts. Notoriety <laughs> is a gift. Uh, what I'd like to know is how... I know, really, I must interrupt you. I got that good at contract because I didn't really want to make a film. <laughs> well, you better develop that. 
This is so true, too. When you don't really want to go off to Hollywood, at least this is true in the old days, the golden days of Hollywood, when you honestly didn't want to go, then, then the deals got better and better. In my case, I didn't want money. I wanted authority. So I asked the impossible, hoping to be left alone. And at the end of a year's negotiations, I got it. I love this only because there was no real vocation there. My my love for films began only when we started work. Now, what I what I'd like to know is where did you get the confidence from to make ignorance. a film with such ignorance, sheer ignorance? You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I love that. When you know something about a profession, I think that you're timid or careful. How oh, does ignorance show itself? I thought you could do anything with a camera that the eye could do or the imagination could do. And if you come up from the bottom in the film business, you're taught all the things that the cameraman doesn't want to attempt for fear he will be criticized for having failed. That's such a cool point. And in this case, I had a cameraman who didn't care if he was criticized if he failed. And I didn't know that there were things you couldn't do. So I, anything I could think up in my dreams, I attempted to photograph. <laughs> you got away with enormous technical advances, didn't you? Simply by not knowing that they were impossible, <laughs> or theoretically. <laughs> yeah. And of course, again, I had a, a, a great advantage, not only in the real genius of my cameraman, but in the fact that he, like all great men, I think, who are masters of a craft, told me right at the outset that there was nothing about camera work that I couldn't learn in half a day, that any intelligent person couldn't learn in half a day. And he was right. It's true of an awful lot of things. Of all, uh, you know, of, ev of every, uh, you know, the, the great mystery that requires 20 years uh, doesn't exist. I love this interview. And certainly not in the camera. It's the most overrated mystery on earth. You know. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to be told that by the absolute best living cameraman. Yeah. Like a doctor. You know, very good doctors often tell you, you know, we really don't know anything much about medicine. So true. I've noticed an awful lot of good doctors do talk that way, but only the very good ones. <laughs> you don't believe them, of course. I do, implicitly. I don't think we know much. <laughs> it's so See? I love that interview. <coughs> because yeah, that's a great mindset. But it's true. Now, look at the rest of my tweet. I've hit the show more real quick, because I'll show you. I think this is totally a part of directive success. Mm -hmm. Like I've never worked full-time anywhere. I've never worked for an agency. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So we run on trimesters. Well, we're not publicly traded. Who says I have to run like on quarters like everyone else? Mm -hmm. What is it? A one month of planning, one month to do the work, another month to report on the work, and you do it all again before you actually got anything done? That's how all these companies run. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything substantial in three months. Maybe when you're tiny, when you're a little company, you can do quick things. When you're a big company, it takes time. Yeah. It's slow. It's painful. It's political. It's cross-departmental. There's lots of people involved. They all want different things. It takes lots of meetings. People act like meetings of the devil. They are, but they're needed. You can't just not meet with people. You can't just magically snap your finger and things happen. So I was just looking at it. It's like you trimesters, not quarters. We run our forecast on the future, not the past. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to war with the finance department when they give me the forecast and we're not going to make any money the next year. I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, that's what we did last year. I'm like, I hated last year. <laughs> they're like, but that's what we did. I'm like, well, let's build it from the bottom up. Let's set it based off goals. So now we have two forecasts. One from the past. Yeah. One for the future. And we usually so end up somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? We, we use gift cards to drive meetings. 
Have you ever met a client that actually likes gift cards? Ever? No. They all hate it. But it works. Yeah, the math is there. The math is there. The experience is there. Like, we pay Tanner and I on top line revenue, not EBITDA. Nobody does that. They all pay each other on EBITDA. You know why their companies don't grow? Because they have to choose between paying themselves <laughs> or growing the company. Yeah. You know what humans do every time? Pay themselves. themselves. Yeah. And so it's like these little things that no one ever thinks about are what, if you don't know any better and you just look at things from your own lens and you say, what would I do if I could do anything? That's when the great ideas happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying those are great ideas, but that's where the innovation and the <laughs> things happen is when you just look at things from the lens of, if I could do anything, what would I do? Yeah. It was interesting, him using the camera as an example. I feel like we're in an interesting state yeah. where it's almost reversed, like with all the tech. Yeah, the internet. The internet's now. our camera, if that makes sense. Yeah, now I feel like the pressure is to find use cases that haven't been thought about, right? Yeah. The technology's there. There are no limitations. Like, like AI. We're going to talk about that later yeah. in the show. But, right, that's like a, it's a great launching point to creativity is like, how can I use AI to change my life and what are the tasks I can mm -hmm. do? How could I leverage it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just crazy. But yeah, I thought it was a cool mindset. Yeah. I wanted to just show that to us as we kind of were getting started today. Now, when we dive into advertising jealousy now, Brady, who do you got? What do you got for us? I got the smack and sunflower seeds guys. I know you were showing me this offline so, and I was like, so impressed with their hustle. Yeah. This is similar. Cause we, we talk about influencer campaigns. But this one, it's the company itself, right? They're not a sunflower seed company that's sending their product. Well, it's kind 7 of... 7 million likes. Smack and, can yeah. I see their website too real quick while you're talking about the it? The website's pretty cool. Can I see um, Smack and Sunflower Scarlet? Cool. But Sorry. these are like, these are the guys themselves. So it's very similar to the TikTok <laughs> legging example. Yes. Is those guys made the leggings and yes. then they made the viral videos. Correct. And that was their success. But these guys are a bit different to where like they're the stars on the videos. They're making the products and they're using social media for awareness. In a non-viral way, but like, does it just say Aiden Parker Jeff? I love that. I feel like they could swap that out with the, the pro quotes. So they, if you Do scroll they have down, those? I think they have some pro quotes. Yeah, there they are. There yeah. it is. See, that's sick. I like the font. I like everything. I feel like it does look a little like their brand could be elevated slightly. Yeah, there's some details. Like if you go to shop now, there's some confusion. Like scroll down, the OG. Well, you can't tell if you're buying cases or yeah, the cracked pepper, thirty nine bucks. There's I, two different bag styles. And are you getting? Is it thirty nine dollars for a bag of sunflower seeds? So if you click in, then you learn. You get like a case of twelve. Yeah, yeah case of see, twelve large reusable stuff, bags. The boys could be a little better at it. Yeah, but that bag's reusable. Yet that bag, they show them tearing it up. So it's like, am I getting twelve of these? Twelve of the big ones? I love this. So let's think about. They have all the pieces. Let's be honest. Okay, is their brand the best? No, it's not. Not yet. But from a design for, standpoint. But from a community and audience development and promotion and distribution standpoint, they're sold out. Yeah, created in college. Two guys in college made the product. They started with just like the sodium and seeds and then it tearing yes. up your mouth. They wanted to create a seed that doesn't do that. And then just in the recent year, they kind of oh. found a viral trend of going, to, I think, to spring training. Yeah. And handing out their seeds to players and getting feedback. And now they're at the point where the players know their seeds and have their favorite flavors. That's dope all through their social media account. 
and I'm at the point where can we give a little clap yeah. for Cole and Brian? That's a pretty good little story. A little snap, yeah, a little snap. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Congrats, those two. And I'll probably buy them. I, I might, think, you I think I'm doing a road trip with my dad in two weekends. I do to... like some sunflower seeds too because I used to have them in my back pocket when I played baseball. And I would just sit back there I in love center field seeds. or playing short, just popping some. So I do too. Now I'm not gonna lie to you guys. You guys might Cole and Brian. I think you guys could elevate some of your design work. I'm gonna be dishonest with you, but you have the promotion, you have the hustle. And I bet you they've got the product. Because I don't think that the pro <laughs> players who've been chewing seeds their whole life are just going to, like, yeah, randomly be like, oh, I'm going to Bandwagon it. Yeah, that does, I mean, what's in it for them? It doesn't look like there's anything in it for them other than the products. Like, look at those. Can I see the product photos? Because I want to see. See, I don't mind any of it because it looks really, like, I'd say humble, just like I started. What do you, What would you do different on the packaging? Is there any? I kind of like it because it's a seed brand. Yeah, it's very approachable. Right, there's not much pressure on a seed brand. And so it is different, too. It's different yeah. than your typical Yeah, it is. red and white packaging. I like the sandpaper tongue angle. I I don't is that what we call it? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I was curious about that. And then resealable. I'd really love to see the product in person cuz that resealable part They could just do some better. Like I feel like there's a better way to do the photos. Like the us for sem I actually really like on the us for sem mm-hmm. i think they should show the them though like show the brand like maybe put the the the, the bag next to it of the them because i forgot who the brand is but i think we all know who it is if we see it i forget yeah. what they're called i i can imagine yes, everything I can. I but know. the brand name. exactly so i think that would bring it to life sunflower <laughs> seed i think i had the word seed scrum There's a couple. It's Spitz. This thing is the one I saw a lot of. Yeah, yeah Spitz is popular. But if you're that much better. David, that's the big one. Yeah, David. Yeah, those. Yeah, those exact seeds. And But they're so sometimes, like, to their point, they're so plain and boring. Yeah. Well, for them, it's like they dry out your mouth. Because when I have sunflower seeds, it's on a road trip, and I'll do the whole bag. And yep. my, like, cheeks are growing. And are I'm, you spitting in a bag or out the window? In like a red cup or something. In red cup, yeah, yeah, like a dip. Yeah, I just think their product photos. Maybe if they have some with the guys using them from the baseball players, if they could get a release, that'd be a cool angle they could take there too. Yeah, but let's watch some of their yeah yeah because I want to bring it up yeah. for their TikTok videos. Oh, they got the reviews. Like their advertising. Like that. See, I like that photo better. Yeah, I like that better from them. Okay, cool. So you can do. I mean, one of them recently has they post a lot. There's a million right to the right of that one. But are you sure, man? We got six unique ones. You like the garlic, cracked pepper, we got barbecue right there. It's such a good time, too, because the players are being very interactive with the fans during spring training, so they're really capitalizing on that. I would do, oh, we got barbecue. I love barbecue, and I love garlic. Barlic palm, so they're taking all the best wing flavors. So that guy already likes the garlic palm, so he said it's a 10 out of 10 because he's had it, so now he's just giving him new flavors to try. Dude, and they're already that's so sick. And then, uh, how many views are they getting on all of these? So that one has a million, million views, thirty thousand. On, on like a nothing video. That I mean, one. I don't mean like as anything, but it's not like a viral video so much as it's just a, no, a I mean, ball player using the products. And they're doing a lot of it's. It's the same thing every time, essentially. How many do they hey, do in a day? You want some sunflower seeds? This is yeah, a week we got ago. Six and it's... Flavors. Uh, cracked pepper, garlic parmesan, That's barbecue. such a good thing, though, because the players ha- yes, like, do always. Do like, you want to take one, pop it open? What are we thinking here? Dill pickle? 
OG. Big barbecue. Yeah. I'll just be back here. Lay it on me. Dude, see, I mean, they show the packages there every time they say a flavor. They show the package of that flavor. Oh, and they're interacting with their comments, so they like hit up the Phillies. So then they're going to the Phillies with the comment, so they're interacting with their audience. That's such good marketing. I'm yeah. so impressed by them. It's cool if you go deep. Like they obviously didn't start this way. Right, they talk about the yeah, they do like sandpaper me. tongue, and they <laughs> yeah. talk about the product, and this is so much better than mine. Yeah, it's not as like, oh, is this with uh? Yeah, if you guys ever need investment, hit me up. I'd be all about it. This yeah, is... so down here, this is just them starting this thing. Yeah, this is more how I do it. This and is how more... we're gonna get our sunflower seeds into an MLB dugout. Each day, we DM a different MLB player and ask them if they want so to try some products. they're seeding it. They're seeding As you can the, see, we haven't the, had much success, so we'll there. go to the new guy today, Billy Hamilton. Be like, hey, Billy, you like sunflower seeds? Would love to hook you and the boys up with some. Send it. Come Boom. back tomorrow to see if someone responds. See you in the big leagues. Did they respond? Let's go see day four. I like when they do like the, the come along with me and my hustle. Yeah. So will you click on it? I want to see if they respond. Day four, yeah. I'm on a mission to get our sunflower seeds in an MLB dugout. So every hustle. day we DM a different MLB player and ask them if they want to try our sunflower seeds. Clearly, we haven't had any luck, but we're still early on. So today we'll go after Josh Hader. So be like, hey, Josh, you a fan of sunflower seeds? We would love to send some your way. It's ben, since 2020. Cool. Look at that. Check back in tomorrow and see you in the big leagues. What I love about that is I think a lot of us, they kind of gave up for a little while. And I don't mean it in a bad way. See how they sent them in 2020? They didn't follow up for two years. Yeah. What's so cool about it is I know that feeling of when you're like hustling, but it's not going anywhere and you kind of ditch a strategy. I think timing's so important because it's not like, so I think if they do this same thing during the season, it's not as successful. I think spring training is the yeah, perfect the sweet spot time because the players are need to interact with the fans. The MLB, the game's dying. Mm-hmm. They're struggling with a lot of those things. And the spring training, they're all relaxed. They do a couple of bats. They go play 18 holes of golf. And it's much more time for the players. It's a great, just it's brilliant by them. So impressed. I love that they kept going with it too because you could see like they they weren't getting they were DMing all these guys they weren't getting any responses. Yeah. And they got their breakthrough. When did they get their breakthrough? I mean, these old videos still have a lot of views. Like that one's at one point six million. Yeah, they're with the younger players, right? They're just yeah. trying. They know they're up market, right? So they're sticking with baseball. Looks like they've got some different league stuff. Looks like those are like. Uh, on the far left, what's that video? It looks like it's not the MLB. It looks like it's something else. Yeah, see, these are different guys. See barbecue. Their videos are slower too back then. You can see how they yeah, they audio, clipped them. Yeah, audio. They don't have mics on. Yeah, they got so much better. He doesn't know in English as well. I love it. I wonder how they got the seats. Well, that make it different. Well, there's jumbo seeds. Like the main brands have jumbo seeds, so that might just be all they're sourcing. Got it. And then they just do their own flavors on them. Yeah. So it's, it's such a cool product too. Like there's probably the seed mafia out there that sells all these brand seeds, and so getting yeah. the product 
they just get it shipped in bulk. They've formulated their yeah, own this. flavoring I, on I, it. They're sitting there right there until one so day. Now our sunflower seed company got kicked out of our production facility and almost had to shut down forever. We we're starting to get some attention and grow on TikTok, so we picked up our largest inventory order and got to production. We took up over half the warehouse and manufacturing time until one day after a production run, we got an email notifying us our lease was terminated. At that point, we had about nine months of inventory built up, so we had to put together a plan. It took longer than nine months, us selling out of our inventory and a lot of rejections until we finally found the solution. We set up our own manufacturing facility in Utah that's up to the highest food quality, allowing us to ship pallets to any retail customer in the U.S. and of course, fulfill all of your orders from smackandsunflowerseeds.com daily. Kyle and Jeff take care of everything at the facility where we still run the business from our HQ in Minneapolis. But in case you cared, it's cool. I love it. It's a cool story, Brady. I like it, dude. That's really, really good marketing. So that's great of those guys. It's cool that they're doing it. Yeah, so I'll let you know what flavors I get. Might get the variety pack. Yeah. I love it. I was dead serious, though. Those guys ever want to chat, I would love to chat with them. Yeah. No, yeah. it's cool that they're showing the business, too. Yeah. Right? The manufacturing getting shut down, talking about the trends they're trying to create, like DMing the players. That's brilliant. I, anybody who's got a hustle to them, I love. Yeah. And they've got a big hustle. Sometimes you got to show up in person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Instagram DMs is one thing. It, having the bags right there and be yeah, like, that you want to switch? They did. They're yeah. like, shoot, let's just show up. Yeah. The, uh, it's. Do you remember when I used to fly up to the San Francisco Bay Area when we were trying to bit break into tech? And yeah. I would literally. We door knock. I would walk <laughs> into the office of the biggest account in San Francisco and just wait for the director of demand gen or VP yep. of demand generation and be like, Here's my case studies. Here's I did a full proposal for you. Here I am. Yeah, we had booklets. I had booklets. Remember that? Yeah. And I would literally fly up to San Francisco and just be like, and I wouldn't even get a hotel. I'd fly up for the day. I would just go up in the morning and I get home, at, fly home at night and just hustle it off. You know how well that worked? Eventually, people are like, okay, well, this is the only guy doing this. So. Yeah, he must really <laughs> believe in himself. Same these guys. Like, okay, these guys must really believe in their sunflower seeds if they're literally out here. Mm-hmm. Like slinging them, I yeah. love that. Anytime I see that, I'm like, heck yeah, that's so cool. It's inspiring. That's awesome. Well, I've got more of a opposite story for you. <laughs> so before we do hit play, Scarlett, um, we always do advertising jealousy. Yes, we could call this advertising malfeasance. Is that the right word? What's malfeasance? I think that's the right word. <laughs> Tino's got mal f e a. I don't know how to spell it. I don't know. Malfeasance, yeah. Wrongdoing, yes. Wow. <laughs> well, by a public official especially. Well, it's pretty public. And it felt like... Okay, so it, it, it's bad advertising. And I know it's advertising jealousy, but I want to do the opposite because I was on Twitter and I read this thread from Wolf of Franchises. Mm-hmm. Actually, like you, you're a franchise. You like the idea of the franchise sometimes, right? Like yeah. looking at them. I always think it's kind of interesting to be like, how much does Chick-fil-A cost? Or oh, like, yeah. Like so Jersey Mike's guys. Yeah. I saw a cool YouTube about all these Jersey Mike's owners. Yes, exactly. And so it's this little thread. I don't, you guys can't see it, but I'm going to pull it up so I don't get any of the facts wrong. Essentially, Quiznos, at its peak in 2007, had 5,000 stores and generated nearly $2 billion in revenue. Today, they have less than 200 stores and can't stop the bleeding. Yeah, it was all about like the meat sourcing or something. Was yeah, so they, um, they were got sued, essentially, by the franchisees. Because they stopped being as much of a franchise, like franchise business, and more of a supply business. So what they did in their contracts is they required their franchises to buy the food from their from them. Yeah. And they bought a separate company that did that. But then they raised the rates above market prices. 
to gouge profits out of the franchisees, yep. which then literally made the franchisees who were stuck in contract with them unprofitable. <clears throat> so biggest scum in the, uh, on earth, essentially, in my opinion. Yeah. To like screw someone, right? These are like, I don't want to say wannabe entrepreneurs, but new entrepreneurs who are, it's not usually like the world's greatest entrepreneurs are like launching a franchise to start. Yeah, but still, they're, 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 they're entrepreneurs. not complacent at a desk no. job. They're looking to do their they're own thing. They're trying to better their yeah. family, better their life. And a lot of times it might be their first time ever owning a business. And then Quiznos knowingly took advantage of them. That's yeah. the sick part to me is like, okay, now if you have 10 franchises, you're going to know when you look at the contract, what's going on. You're going to catch this stuff. If I'm opening right? Let's think about me. I'm an employee. I'm no smarter or better than those people. If I opened up my very first franchise, I wouldn't know to ask if the produce prices are going to be fixed at like 30% above market. Yeah. How would I know that? I've never done it before. It's the biggest scum of business is to like set someone up with something that screws them. Yeah. And that's so why wrong. you see like all the high rent areas, they just shut down. Oh yeah. They're not anything around. So you have Quiznos with... Very, very subjective values, let's say. Bad values. Yeah, but their honey bacon club was fire. And they, they innovated the toasted sub. Yep. They were the king of the toasted sub. And I got to admit, Quiznos was better than Subway. Still probably is. But let me tell you something about their ads. <laughs> I've seen this ad. Their ads are so bad. It makes me almost want to quit my practice, like my career, change fields. You want to watch this ad break? Yeah, I know this ad. Oh, this is a special ad. Do Santa Fe Trio subs with smoky Chipotle sauce. Try chicken, roast beef, or smoked turkey. Quiznos. Toast. We can play another one. We are not the Huns. I'm down to get a little. Oh, Same one, better quality. What are those? They don't. Oh, God, it hurts my heart. Quiznos world famous Italian sub is only $2.99. It's very fun. What are those prices? Quiznos. Okay, you can hit pause. I don't ever want to watch that again. Um, so those dropped like right when memes were starting to become a category. 13 years ago, sponge monkeys. Oh my god, that hurts my heart. Like a little part of me died just now watching that. So I'm a fan of I like, liked it. Wait, you liked it? <laughs> just the timing of oh, it. I mean, my, what are you like, calling coward? You just gotta. I got like I like that. Brady, you're in the take game now. Brady, why'd you like it? So back when these dropped, okay, it was, okay. like I said, it was when like memes were becoming a thing, and so just the obnoxious voice, the eyeball mouth overlay on a weird character. I mean, that was hot back then. Was it? Just like the subs. <laughs> no, I. it's a ridiculous commercial, but I think it was launched back when 
ridiculous videos were just starting to surface at a very high rate. Like, just people would go on their computers and just make crazy stuff and put it out on the internet, and people were watching it and it's sharing it. It's like some it. E-Bombs World stuff from, like... Yeah, I mean, this is back when, like, Happy Tree Friends was going around. Oh, it's that one. That is... We don't have to look it up, but... It was. <laughs> Peter Street yeah. said no. Is that not is, like, a, a, like? Are we gonna get shadow banned again? Probably. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, it's in tune with the duck video. You know the duck video? No. Got any grapes? The duck song? No. Oh no. my gosh. I don't. What are you guys so talking about? So it's just in about? line with the internet back then. So Happy Tree Friends was. It comes across as just a kids' cartoon, and okay. it just gets dark. And so like, it's like South Park comes across as a kid's cartoon. Exactly. It's like South Park. It's like, what was the claymation wrestling show back so, in the day? Peter, celebrity, come on. This is where we need you. Celebrity Deathmatch. Death yeah. So very similar to that. Just like it's claymation cartoon and then it just gets gory. So that was just, I don't know. It, I feel like they're just trying to fit into this category of the internet back then. And maybe teenagers oh. saw it and were like, we got to go to Quiznos after that. Maybe, but I think right now, run that commercial, it wouldn't. It's just so. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, things I like about it. If we're gonna take the Brady angle, oh man, you're putting me. Hey, square sometimes. Because they cost them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as bad as if I was singing. Um, they had the price. They showed the product. The product did look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take a different angle to maybe make our commentary more insightful. Can we look at Subway ads from 15 years ago? So old Subway commercials. Can you search that on YouTube? Right there. They had Jared on them. How do you not beat that? Well, I think beating is kind of the problem with that one. Okay, let's not get shadow banned. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, 14 years ago. Subway $5 foot long. Let's do that one. We click that one. <laughs> oh, can you lower it? Make it not full width? I can't. I think it's. There we go. Say thanks for making Subway Footlongs famous. Get any piled high regular Footlong for just one $5. Doesn't... $5 I guess the Quizzo one is memorable. Can we show, try another one? Let's try one more. I don't want to do Jared. That's seven years ago. It's two. I want to do something like 12 plus years ago. There. Oh, there it is. Initial Jared. All right. We can look at one of the first. So it's... Here is Jared Fogel. You may have seen him on the news or a talk show. <laughs> I have seen him on the news. We saw Jared on the news. Jared believes in an active lifestyle, including lots of walking. At the heart of Jared's routine are Subway sandwiches. Hey, Jared. Hey, guys. At Subway, you can choose from seven sandwiches with six grams of fat or less, and they all taste great. Food for thought. Subway, it's the way a sandwich should be. This program is brought to you by Subway, the way a sandwich should be. Huh. I just want to say advertising's come a long way. Well, it's just changing with the times. Let's see current Quiznos. Let's see a uh, new Subway commercial. Let's just type the word new right there. You can do however you want, Scarlett. 
It's your world. I mean, Subway is has the most locations out of any fast food restaurant in the U.S. Maybe globally. Let's see what they do now. Let's let's see like how it's in a post Jared world. Let's go down a little bit. Maybe find a thirty second spot. Oh, they got Steph. They got oh, oh the Danger Witch was pretty bad. Did, did you ever see that one? No. It was so bad it got pulled. Watch this. Watch the Danger Witch. This is at oh the next one. Sorry. Could we do the other one, Scarlett? I think we went to college with um, the subway worker in that commercial. Like she's an actress. Wait, wait, which one? I think in the Steph one. Wait, let's go back to the Steph one then. If, Sorry, if they Scarlett. have a worker. I know I'm jumping you around. It's on me. I don't know if it's this one, but there's a worker in it. What's her name? Lindsay knows. Welcome to the Eat Fresh Let's see. You might recognize her if she's in here. I say we're talking a new all-American club, deli-style oven roasted turkey, and oh, that's a new cheese. Oh yeah, I knew that. That's the one with the new seasoning. And that was the new MVP Parmesan vinaigrette. Right, which makes the next level foot. I don't know her. I mean, I don't know her either, but Lindsay does. Their ads do nothing for me. Can we watch the? I got to show you the Danger Witch, bro. The Danger Witch. Okay, so Russell at this point got completely trolled on social media because you know he was he had more bathrooms in his house than touchdown passes. <laughs> and people, that's, that's a good stat. <laughs> that's a good stat. It's a good stat. Everybody's kind of tracking that because um, he signed a massive contract. He was supposed to be this big deal. Can we watch? Can we click on that one? It, this is, Subway's ads are so bad. From the can you go to the Big Ben? Dangerous ways. Danger witch. I call this one. A fork and knife. I call this one. It's a real ad, Brady. So bad it got pulled. What? Here comes the airplane. Oh. And the most dangerous of all. The rapper. What? Yes. It reminds me of, yes. you know, when you finish a Tony Hawk level and it recaps all the missions you completed <laughs> with like the. Eh, yes. Yes. I, I think that. they like On tried the to replicate that. Yeah. Maybe. I did like Tony Hawk on N64. I mean, it just that format for recapping a level is completely different than... That was terrible. See, Quiznos is looking good. I, I hate to say it. Quiznos, those terrible, terrible ads we watched in the beginning. The Sponge Monkeys? The Sponge Monkeys may be better than I haven't all seen anything the... better than the Sponge Monkeys so far. Can we go read just one last Sponge Monkey for closure just just so that our or audience can... Or do we can... want to watch a new Quiznos commercial? Yeah, let's they do a new. Them. You're right, you're right, doing. you're right. Let's see if they... Thank you, Brady. I got sidetracked by just how bad that I, was. Yeah, we don't need this. As much as we're promoting the Sponge Monkeys... <laughs> I mean... The... Are they still <laughs> rolling with the Sponge Monkeys? Wait. No, they're doing the rise and fall. Can we get something like recent, Squirrel? Maybe See, no, this is the issue with the YouTube algorithm. Is it? Yeah. It just prioritizes way too much like what you've been watching to where the search engine is just broken. Uh, I like Firehouse Subs, but that's different. Oh, wait. I think you had one right there, Squirrel. Oh. No, uh, up, above up. the shorts. Right there. Eight months ago. Yeah, here we go. Oh, 2006. 
Yeah, they might not be running. They might. Yeah, yeah I think they might be bankrupt. We'll only see this one. Same time as Jared. A double portion of premium beef, slow roasted mesquite smoke, top of real Doesn't look good. The new smokehouse beef brisket sub, now only from Quiznos. Eat up. Don't make me say it, Brady. Was the Sponge Monkeys the best? Oh, yeah. Did we. Was the best sandwich commercial we've seen just now the Sponge Monkeys? Well, now I'm trying to think just. It was. In general, like. Firehouse subs is just general. Let's see that one. Let's see the firehouse. Maybe firehouse gets us something like I just want. Now I'm just curious who's got the best ads in the sam. At firehouse game? subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. Every sub makes a difference. Loves like our firehouse responders. meatball or hearty Italian sub. Your choice for just six ninety-nine each. Firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. If we're being honest. The sponge monkeys are still the best. Yeah, we can donate to the firehouse if we want. I know, I know. Sponge monkeys. I would have never... None of the other ones would ever make the segment advertising jealousy for good or bad reasons. Yeah. Sponge monkeys was memorable. And you're right, it was a different era of the internet. 13 years ago is when everyone was just like... I mean, they still are, but I feel like that's when there was just a flood of wild stuff being created just put on the internet i don't even know like what the popular like was reddit around 13 years ago probably it was like the other Mm, tumblr before that was like myspace yeah went off the deep end yeah (laughs) but i think it was like myspace and tumblr yeah it was like kind of like that yeah Yeah. i think it was like a lot of like right-wing extremist type groups were on there type stuff as well but I hate to say it, it hurts my heart, but Sponge Monkeys might be the best sandwich commercials ever made. <laughs> I'm never not going to laugh at you cutting as we come out of a break. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> you shouldn't. Till I lose my, what is it, middle finger and thumb? Are you a double? You're a double snapper? You use both fingers? Is that no, what just gets... Middle finger. Okay, Isn't no, that no, how yeah. everyone snaps? Yeah. How do you... yeah, I do, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. yeah. All right, well... Chat GPT, open AI. GPT-4. G- yeah. The new new. We only had three. I never even had enough time to learn three and four came out. I don't. I think they skipped two and three. I don't know. It just went straight to four. No, they had three. Oh, really? Yeah, that was what we had recently. Okay. I, I wasn't... always thought it was chat GPT. No, no. They had chat GPT-3. And then they had four. I wasn't there for one or two. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Didn't really care or really know about it. Did you see Elon donated $100 million to him? No. Because they were a non-profit, but now they're a for-profit, and now he's wondering if that gives him equity or anything? That's a very interesting little thing. I Harvard MBA, it's like on a Substack. I haven't read it. But they have the whole thing on their org chart, and essentially, like, OpenAI was a non-profit mm-hmm. with, like, the biggest names in tech on the board, and then they became a for-profit like overnight with like a very cheapy little cheeky little org structure so they went from being like this research product to this billion dollar company like that and i think they wiped if they did it they could have like wiped out their cap table because all these people that thought they were donating to a non-profit yeah they used all the money like raising a seed round for like hundreds of millions of dollars in donations that the vcs and the billionaires were using as tax write-offs i'd imagine 
Mm-hmm. But then switched it over. I feel like when they switch, all that capital prior to switching can't be just pocketed by the owners or anything like that. I don't know. Because they have all these things. Like, like, because I own, like, let's say Morgan Capital, right, which I'm doing to do M&A with, is Directive is now a subsidiary of Morgan, but has the same ownership cap table as Directive. But I didn't start Directive as a nonprofit. I started as a for-profit. So I did what's called an F reorg, which is a little too complicated for the audience and for myself. But that's what I did. It's what private equity does when they buy you for, like, tax purposes and things like that. But I'd have never heard of nonprofit going for-profit at that scale and then having multi-billion dollar valuation, like, overnight. Yeah. Well, I'm sure donations usually don't they sign off, like, what it's used for. Even if it is a nonprofit, like... They still sometimes have, you just they write a salaries check, within nonprofits. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I meant for the people who donated, though. I think sometimes you just write a check to the nonprofit. I think at certain sizes, that it's pretty deep in discussion in terms of like what it's used for. Yeah, you could probably have some types of terms around what the capital yeah. can be allocated towards. Like hospitals, usually they sign off on like certain programs or that you, they will or will not support, or that that's yeah. specifically like this for. is for you know breast cancer that's specifically, true. and like I'll donate to the men's program that is is a Pacific where I played soccer, but I'll, I'll like be clear that it's not for the entire athletics department. Yeah. It's for the men's soccer Maybe program. Maybe on that, it could be for equipment or new turf. Now with chat GPT and what's going on with it, there's so many use cases. How do you see chat GPT changing the marketing world? Um, I mean, I think the, one of the most common use cases is, like not using it as a replacement, like from zero to a hundred, but like the zero to one writer's block idea block, I see it really progressing through that Yeah. within seconds. Yeah. Um, Cause I've tested a lot. I've done it for like business models. Yeah. Like will it, will it write a 10 step business model? It's done it. I've done it for outbound emails. Really? Um, I haven't messed with the, version four with imagery yet but i've seen they've had that on three with some different ui interfaces where they're it's been crazy some of the ai generated sketching websites on paper sending it and then it writing html code for the site Uh, the i think one advertises you take a photo of your fridge and then you submit it and it'll give you all these recipes based on the image like labeling and recognition of what's in your fridge it'll just start knocking out recipes you could make dude that's a pretty dope use case which i think Maybe Samsung smart fridges had that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I but the smart fridge thing always kind of. I was like, a never a smart fridge guy. Sometimes yeah. I feel like the smart tech goes past the point of a function. bit unnecessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. But, but I was just gonna say that's kind of what I was speaking towards earlier with like that camera example in terms of like I don't know the camera, therefore I just imagine anything. Like I feel like now we're at the place where the script has changed, and it's like. We know we can essentially do anything. Correct. The struggle is coming up with the net new idea. Yeah, what is the thing <laughs> within it that we do with the fact that we can do anything? Yeah. Well, let's look at what Microsoft is doing. So I had a video I sent to Scarlett. They just launched 365 Copilot. So essentially it's ChatGPT for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, Teams, okay. etc. So let's go see what they're doing. I haven't even watched the video yet. We're going to see it live together.
Oh, shoot. I guess we don't need Brady, Scarlet, and Peter. As a Google business, that's a little crappy to watch because I don't know if I could do any of that cool stuff at Google Admin right now, yeah. Google Workspace, whatever it's called. That was a cool video, too. Very good video. It was well done. Exceptionally well done. Their demo slapped. It got well, well received. That's still from March 16th. Okay, so the, the comment of you don't need the three is funny because I think that's the exact opposite angle you should take. Yeah. I think the angle... Yeah, I agree. Like, <laughs> you, you align with that one? Well, I hear, here's my kind of take on it. I don't know how much productivity it's actually going to create. Because it can't externally reference anything outside of its own data source as a product. So a lot of people don't realize that. So yeah. it doesn't have access to any other database. But this looks like it would feed it. Like the whole prep me for my next meeting. It would it's have your data, to, correct. It yeah, is, your data. That's living in your data, which is cool. And I love that. Do you think human, our current humans, net new humans are different. So people who are not currently technology users due to their age. Mm -hmm. Young people, like eight-year-olds. I think they're going to become very productive and powerful with this. I've found older people have a hard time ideating, to your point, how and when to use AI. Yeah. I don't think it's a technology issue so much as like an awareness issue of like, oh, I could have asked AI to do that for me. And even if AI does it for you, how much productivity do you think we get? Like, do you think, okay, so the age old thing when you run a business and you work with a strategist, let's say, for example, in our business, right? And I give them a specialist. What do people say about having a uh, lower, lower, um, lower experienced, less experienced people doing work for them? What do most people say? They don't want it. Why? Because, I mean, they just think they'll make mistakes. And what do they think about the time it takes? Um, like, what do people say when they like they have someone doing their Google ads for them? Like, what do you think about people doing your Google ads for you, Brady? Yeah, I would just be worried it would be done wrong. And you're going to spend more time fixing it. Yeah. Yeah, the time to maintain it and hold people accountable. Is more than just doing it yourself. more than doing it, yeah. Do you think that's going to happen with AI? In the sense that we don't get all the productivity gains... I'm just, you know, for a moment, let's just pretend it's not as groundbreaking yeah. of a productivity tool 
in that regard. Now, I loved this video. I, I love these outcomes. Yeah, but the video, I think, to your point, is more a daydream than reality. Well, correct. Most of those people spend 99% of their time not building the reports and everything else. They spend their time still sitting in the meeting. Or they still spend the time interacting with others. Yeah. Or communicating. We don't spend that much time producing work. Now, if you are a specialist type labor, right, where you're in the execution side of your career, right? So you're a 23, 25-year-old analyst and you're spending all day. Do you think we're going to know? I guess AI can get to the point where it is smarter than us and it can do the report and everything better than this. I've tried to use ChatGPT for a couple different things and I don't always love its outputs, like its insights, like mm-hmm. its ability to articulate information with value. Now, I might not be the best at writing prompts, so I think like I should take a course in AI prompt writing if I really want to harness it and better understand it. But I think I get nervous about this concept that every all the labor is going to be replaced by AI. I think it'll go to the labor will be trained on how to leverage AI, and you'll need less labor. I think you could have that. But there's still this humanity to AI that I don't know how close we are to accomplishing that's lacking. Context, intellect, nuance, industry relativity or relevancy. Like, what do you think about those things? Yeah, I think that was my point. Like, I don't see it covering zero to 100. I see it closing the gap from zero to 10, maybe between 10 and 30. Like, that's how I've been using it. Yeah. I haven't found a use case where it, like, ideation launch point but and sometimes execution but you wouldn't just let ai write your report that you send to the executive team or your boss no that would be crazy but right? i would maybe have it generate a report and then i would manually Edit adjust it, the report and then so i look good so it's still like 13 <laughs> to i want to say it's 50 percent savings in productivity maybe 25 percent increase in productivity yeah but even in that video the use case that came to mind to me is like prepping for a meeting yeah, I like that one. So historically, like just within the sales process, I wouldn't be on the first call, but I'd be on the second call. Correct. And so when that was happening, I would go into Gong and I would listen to the call yes. at 2x speed. So it took like 15 minutes. And I found I actually like doing that better than reading manual notes. Because you still got the context. You got the pauses. You got the moments. You got the hesitations yeah. from the prospect. And I got the tone. So I don't yep. know like if AI could say, hey – you know, she seemed concerned when she said this, because that's what I was looking for. That's why I didn't just. I base, think AI could do it, notes. but that would, it would, that would be a whole product of like that Gong would have to roll out, which would be like sales intelligence notes. Yeah, that which would I have. mean, they're pretty dang close to it. Which I guess that's my other point. It's qualitative. I know it feels like we already have a lot of this. Too. Is yeah, we already have a lot of this stuff, and we have a hard time using it as is. So I think to your point, even though it has all this functionality. How much is it going to be? And it has existed to its fullest. To your point, like I did this, I think it was Scarlet last week. We were working on something, and I was like, "Did you know about this?" And I showed her that in the bottom right corner of Google Sheets, you can hit Explore. Do you remember that? And she was like, "Oh, this is dope." And I was like, "Yeah, literally nobody really knows about this, but you can hit Explore in the bottom right, and it'll do the graphs, the tables, and all the stuff for you." So like Google has a competing product to this. Notion has this too. Now, have you seen this? Not so like Notion AI Notion. and search Twitter. So I'm sure oh this. no. Oh no. Okay, let's do this. One down, two to go. 
gaining momentum here. Hmm. Let's try confident. Much better. And that's a wrap. So like, it has stuff, but like, it's very much at the execution specialist labor type of productivity. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's at the decision-making level of productivity yet. Yeah, it's a very similar use case like virtual assistants. Yes, very similar. Like there's a lot of VA apps where it's like there's a pool of VAs working and you just message them like, hey, can you get this done? Can you write this up? Yeah. It's essentially replacing them. And they're doing cool stuff like uh, okay, do the Canva one. Go there. Like that one's cool. The Canva AI for a free AI image generator. Yeah, I'd mess with that. I haven't I haven't seen this before. So let's generate AI images. A panda surfing a wave. See, like that's kind of dope. So I guess if I like if I was doing a PowerPoint, I hate the like trying to find the right photo. Yeah, going to images yeah, and just yeah, trying yeah. to find the best fit. So that has some stuff to your point. Now, let's let's really tailor this to marketing. I could see it being helpful with reports. So they used to have this thing called, um, I forget what it's called. They've been doing this for a while, AI in like marketing. It was like a, they would take all your Google Analytics data. Like Google mm-hmm. Analytics has this too in Google. And it'll they'll have thing like you can ask like what month of the year is best for um, conversions of eBooks. Have you seen that? Is it like insights or? Yeah, it's in insights in Google Analytics or Google Ads. So you can ask those questions and it'll come back to you. So they've had that for a while. So I think that's cool, but I don't think that's using ChatGPT. That's the thing. No. And I think theirs is better than Google's right now. I mean, Google's, you go into like a B2B SaaS account and you go to Insights and they'll say, you need to invest more in yoga. Yeah, like, see, it's that's not, like it's, the it's problem. It's good for a super high volume consumer maybe, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, and now maybe it's just because our exposure has just been primarily to Google's AI instead of ChatGPT, which is now... And Microsoft is a big investor in, so it's more in Microsoft and Bing products. Yeah. Because I do feel like we're having, like, everyone but us is getting more exposure to ChatGPT because we're stuck with Google right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if Power BI, which is owned by Microsoft, or Tableau, like, I would be really intrigued to see, I like the Excel version of it. So like, for Sean Dooley, our, you know, our VP of Finance, seeing what he could do with that video we saw earlier or like imagine so like imagine our LTV CAC modeling. So you know all the LTV CAC modeling we do. Yeah. If you could overlay that with ChatGPT, that would be pretty yeah, just sweet. Ask for insights from Correct. it. Correct. And... Like uh, which life cycle stages right now are having the lowest impact on LTV CAC, or what should we improve, or what channel should we spend more on? Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool if it could like tell us that data. But I don't know if it can do it from the table or if it has to do it from the raw file. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I feel like we have all these, like, potential premises, but it hasn't really been defined exactly. Like, briefs, it could help with content briefs. Mm-hmm. That's for dang sure. What are the most manual things we do in marketing right now? Keyword research. Yeah, keyword research. Audience research. Yeah, which for- I've seen the team use ChatGPT to do that. Content briefs. Display ads. Imagine if, oh, dude. If it could resize. I mean, that's Canva. Can Canva auto resize all yeah. your images? Already? Yeah. 
That's pretty nice. Can uh, it, can ad it, copy's good. I've done it in ad copy. Can it turn display ads into GIF ads and add motion? Because that would be pretty dope. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you do motion-based ads, could it do auto? So here's all the things I'm thinking about. Auto cuts. So you do like a one-minute video ad, and then it can cut it up into 15 different second segments mm-hmm. with AI. So give you your like, like on let's say for content creators, influencers, it could it do its own clips. So clip this video into 12 different clips that'll go viral on TikTok. Boom. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then doesn't doesn't not doing AI if everyone else is doing AI make you stand out more than doing AI? Yeah, I mean that's the whole debate within like content writing only using AI. Yeah. It's just all going to come across as AI. Until we have so much AI that we don't know the difference because of its proliferation. It's like what happens today. There's so much SEO on review sites that people don't even realize that none of the review sites now are fair, accurate, or transparent. Mm -hmm. They're all affiliates. Yeah. Or charging on the CPM or charging sponsorships for the ads. So it's like as an SEO by trade when I started, trying to get content out of the internet internet is hell. It is because I know 10 best lawnmowers – is not the 10 best lawnmowers. Oh, yeah, doing product research is terrible. It's terrible because all of that, and it'll only get worse with AI. Because think about it. Once the database learns the 10 best, how do you know the, the actual 10 best by asking AI? Because mm-hmm. you don't know what they reference. That's my issue with AI. Is it, you don't, it doesn't have an external reference. Like AI is non-referable. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it has the capabilities to, like, have a more balanced. I don't know if it can include citations though. So, like, think about what you learn as like a researcher or like as a writer or anytime you do something or even a corporate. Yeah. You say thirty-three percent of Americans will be using smartphones by two thousand and one, or whatever that is, and then you have to cite something. You have to cite a scientific study or something that supports that. Yeah, but what isn't that a part of the GPT four update? No, I don't think so. Mm. So go to help.gpt4 and then external references. Watch this. I want you to see this. So, so go to help.openai uh, or something.com. Yeah, so general top FAQs. Look at read that. Or, uh, references. Can you search references or citations? References, man. It cannot verify facts, provide reference, or perform calculations or translations. Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? That's crazy. So, like, search that. Why doesn't ChatGPT know about X? Let's click that, or do they click it? Sorry. Cuts off in 2021. So that's why it thinks it's 2021. If you ask ChatGPT what year it is, it says 2021. Oh, interesting. It's completely unaware of current events, trends, or anything that happened after its training. Verifying facts. GP, Chat GPT has no external capabilities and cannot complete lookups. This means that it cannot access the internet, search engines, databases, or any other sources of information outside of its own model. It cannot verify facts, provide references, or perform calculations or translations. It can only generate responses based on its own internal knowledge and logic. So imagine if a bunch of nerds 
from a top university got in and said, we want the world to think like this. Yeah. That's what, like, that's what's so crazy. It's actually knowledge control, not knowledge empowerment. Mm-hmm. Can we look up the differences between GPT-4? I, I just think there was something. Yeah, yeah, but you get what I'm saying yeah. here? Like, that's such a crazy concept. Yeah. Like, you can control what everyone thinks because you're getting an answer that only exists from in the model from which you designed as the engineer. Mm-hmm. And then you can control what the model is allowed to learn. So you can theoretically control the education of everyone who uses it to support your doctrination. Yeah. I mean, which for them, it's like, I don't know exactly the process for feeding it the information. Yeah, but think about even religions. But just the gap between 2021 and now. Correct. And even religions. Imagine if the only thing you could learn was from the Quran. Mm-hmm. But it couldn't look at other religions. Yeah, it would just conclude off of that. Correct. Yeah. You would never get a more opened mindset. You would only know the Quran or only know like Hindu or Buddhism or Christianity or Catholicism, like whatever that belief system is, if you fully enclose the belief system yeah, and you can't let anything new into it, how do we really develop our knowledge? It's kind of a crazy concept. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I, I think know. the evolution of the models might be to continuously feed it. Yeah, but what it but, but how like how does it get fed? What is the external source if it's only internal? Nothing new can enter it without them allowing it. Yeah. Unless it can self-learn, I guess. Based off the questions that the users use, but I don't think it goes off the user. I think it goes off its own training models. It's a little interesting though. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that a little mind-breaking to like but I don't think there's anything better, right? I mean Google that's what I think the problem is. I think everybody thinks ChatGPT is better than Google. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but Google is just a bunch of links of what people... No, it's not. Watch this. I want, I want to show you all something about Google. Go to Google real quick for me. I mean, they reference the background of the author. No, I want to show you more than that. rankings. I want to show you a little bit more than that because people don't realize everything Google does. So, like, search, Scarlett. Um, what year was Justin Bieber born? Now, in that same search bar right there, okay? Delete that. Search how tall is he? Hit it, enter. Oh, it didn't do it. I mean, it's something ChatGBT would do. Go down. I know. I want to see. It used to do this for me. I wonder. I just got just... Google, I had your back. Well, the classic example for Google is like if you look up Java. How tall that was the first recommendation before you typed in he. Just type in how tall and see it is the first recommendation there. Yeah, but it used to do it contextually so the searches would be additive. So I could search name and then pronoun and it would reference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the classic example is Java. If you're like a hipster, it shows coffee. If you're a developer, it shows Oh, what does it think you are? Scarlet, let's see. Just type in Java. I haven't seen this example. Hit enter. 
you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it still functions that way. That was a while ago. I know. I know. I had my thing, and I got dunked on by <laughs> Google. Like, Google, I had your back. How could you? But what, what do you guys think? Do you think ChatGPT is actually that powerful if it can't reference other things? Well, can we just go to OpenAI's homepage? Because I need to see what the new updates are. Oh, they're getting more corporate, too. We should get this account. That would be a sick account. That would be cool. I think it's at the bottom. Yeah, Chat Chat, Chat TV, you're way better than Google. <laughs> Feel free to hire us at any time, Sam. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe just GPT-4 under products at the bottom. Yeah. Safer and... They have to have some table with like. You want to go data. down a little? Yeah. yeah. Let's just keep looking. It can generate, edit, and iterate with users on creative and technical writing tests. Okay, so it's still writing based. ChatGPT. Okay. That's the whole bar exam. Oh, what do they do on it? It just. It can take ninety percent pass. <sighs> well. Jeez, so GPT it's, wasn't. So it's smart, it's capable, but is it referenceable? Yeah, that's why I was just. I didn't know. Yeah, if no, that was within. No, it's the still most in their help. Update. That was in their new help, brother. But that is, was Chat GPT, mm, is what they were talking about. I they see. weren't talking about GPT four. It's trained on Microsoft Azure AI. It's such as social. Uh, if you go up, go up. Watch this. GPT-4 still has many limitations that we're working on to address, such as social biases, hallucinations, I don't know what that is, and <laughs> adversarial prompts. We encourage and facilitate transparency, user education, wider AI literacy as society adopts these models. We also aim to expand avenues of input people have in shaping our models. I mean, I think it's amazing. Let's not get it confused. I just think, and they already got Microsoft's partnership right there. On the, This is rough for Google. Yeah. This is very, very, very disruptive for them. Yeah. And I think it is going to be disruptive for marketing. I just don't know how creative it is yet and how – like when I say creative in the sense that its ability to create a net new idea versus reference an idea in its model. And I think those are two – if you think about what it's like to be a professional advertiser, mm-hmm. like when we got the uh, Trip Actions account, I wanted to come up with this campaign. We actually ran it. I didn't know it was like, I got so excited when I saw of like a campaign to talk to figure out how tall your coworkers are because when you're on zoom i don't know if people have done this yet but if you've worked remote with someone only and you meet them in person you're always shocked by their height small not small normal very tall yeah it's always very shocking to meet someone for the first time when you've only known them on a zoom screen so it was a fun campaign we came up with i don't know if gpt4 could come up with a campaign like that yeah, that's where you might like ask it what's trending right now on TikTok, and then based on that answer, it can't you reference then have TikTok start... though. It doesn't have access to the internet. That's what I'm trying to explain. Yeah, like that's what if I think once it can do that, then it's super powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't think it can reference the internet right now, from what I just read. Yeah, especially with the 2021 being the latest, you can't really ask it what's trending. Correct. So it's kind of got. If it's always based off non-accurate historical data and people are using it for current answers, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, we need like a live intake. Correct. You know who has that? Google. Yeah. 
It's always got trending topics, trending searches, and it's up to date. Mm-hmm. I And I've found, too, when people ask questions, it's, like, not right all the time. Like, it gives you wrong answers. So I got this whole presentation for our head of SEO for how AI is going to affect SEO. She did a great job. And one of her big takeaways is, like, you cannot trust yeah. the AI because it doesn't give you references, citations, and it doesn't use external data. Yeah, but it does maybe give you a great outline. World-class yeah. outline. And I think that's where we're at right now. It's yeah. a jumping off point. Yeah. I love that. What's our next topic, Scarlett? Any other was... thoughts you had on that? I mean, I feel pretty good about it, but... No, I want to dive into GBT4. I tried to do it this weekend, but you have to pay. Yeah. So I might pull the trigger on it. But I've, it's helped me in areas, but in the end of the day, it's up to the end user to adopt it, which yeah. I think there's going to be a massive gap there. Yeah, I do too. The video looks awesome, but the reality of people working that way, that's going to take time. Well, it's great for if you're in the platform doing those things, but how much time do you spend in Excel? Not too often. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean. It's like, I think it's really good for productivity of execution level labor. Like we talked about. Yeah. For me, it'd be summarizing meetings, which we already have tech that gets me pretty close to that. Correct. Or is already API based of chat GPT and you don't even know it. Yeah. Which is probably what's happening. We're running out of time. So let's just do influencers and B2B. And I think that fits really well with what you talked about on the sunflower seeds. So how can we do that? I mean, we talked about, I guess me, if I was their age, I could have like recorded me flying up to the bay and meeting the director of demand gen. That would have been like a dope video back in the day. I was never new media like that. Like a 360 camera (laughs) kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm meeting her with like the GoPro and I'm like, Hey Susan, like I'm good. Yeah. Like I, like parts of that I think would make people uncomfortable, but other parts would make them very comfortable. And I could still be doing that technically Mm -hmm. of like doing like how to break into the dream 500 accounts. That would be a pretty cool series, right? Like me trying to get our dream 500 tech accounts and like Peter's going around following and then we're just flying up into the bay and it's like literally walking into like, um, well, that's the thing though. It's nobody's even in the office anymore. But you could be like walking to be find their address. Yeah, like we're walking. (laughs) Yeah, I knock on her door. That would really freak her out. Like you knock on the CMO of like VMware's door, and she like, I do feel like they would respect the marketing content of it, so it works in our industry. But like B two B and influencers, should we be the influencer, Brady? Like, because that's what they're being. They're being the influencer, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're the star of their own product. So do you, cause that to me is more of the new media is being the media, like being the influencer. It's like uh, Draymond Green has his own podcast. That to me is like the new version of it. What's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, it's got a, the end goal would be to grow the business, right? Yes. So I think it would have to close some, there's a lot of like, just black box areas, I guess, of our business, which is like the behind the scenes of the work. Like even case studies are so surface level. Yes. So if I'm thinking case of like stink right now. Yeah. If they I'm thinking do. of this, it would be some type of filming and producing working sessions with current clients to show like the ideation of a new campaign, the planning of it, the launching of video, it, though. the results of it, but more from like a reality TV type standpoint like a true behind the scenes of work being done results of it 
but it's not the same. Yeah, and it just doesn't happen that way anymore. Everyone's no. just on their computers at home. Well, let's look at Tim Davidson. Let's go to Tim Davidson on TikTok. Can you pull him up, Scarlett? This is our guy. Yeah. We have a full-time influencer who works for us, and we're a B2B company. Let's see what he's doing. Yeah. Maybe we can learn from our boy Tim, because Tim is pretty good at this. Holy crud. Does he have to, Was that how many views did he have there, Scarlett? Did I just see that right? Discovered videos related Tim Davidson. Oh, that's not necessarily Tim. That's all Tim Davidson. Never mind. I was about to give you some big kudos. Now he's got a pretty big chunk he does, of, I of know. the Tims. He's got... Okay, let's see some of his... Let's see a video that's got a, a good amount of views. I like the cut of the 588 one. He does this thing where he's just doing something while he talks. So he's like... I was grossly underqualified to work at the company I work at now. Three years ago when I applied, my resume was crap. No personal brand. I mean, I... I worked at a very small company around here in Rochester where I live. I, I had no business working for a company in California. He's just home. cutting a kiwi. He makes me nervous, too. I think he's going to like cut his I finger. Because I wanted to work from home. And oh, God, yeah. This job paid me double what I worked at the, the place I was before. I didn't know I had to pay Tim double. <laughs> the only reason I got it, though, is because I was different. What I did personally was, so my background's in paid media. Uh, but one thing I did to stick out from all the other candidates was advertise to the hiring manager. Oh, he's making me so OCD. Uh, he's cutting that thing so terribly, too. But I think that's the point of, and like, doing this type of video is it keeps you locked in to the Kiwi the cutting. Like, Share a screenshot of the ad. Oh, you're on the ad. That's what Brady wanted it. No, I didn't know what he was talking about. There's some other words like, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's 10 days, whatever. He took a screenshot. I was like, we saw it. My co-founder saw it. And then right after, he said, hey, we'd like to move on to the next interview with our CEO. I'm quite positive I wouldn't have gotten that job without that. So being different true. matters, like, a lot. You are different so the way you're cutting that out? kiwi. That's the question. How do you stick out? Figure that out. You ruined that kiwi tip. <laughs> well, let's go see another video because this is him being an influencer for us. I want to see his most viewed. Is there a way to filter? I don't know how to use TikTok. I couldn't figure that out when I was looking at Sunflower Seeds, guys. Okay. That one has 5K. Where? Oh, there we go. I don't know why anyone would even volunteer to buy a B2B product. It takes so much time and it's so aggravating. Think about it. Let's say you want to do three platforms. You're like, oh, I'm going to look into these three. I did some research and I'm going to talk to these three platforms. So you have to go to the website. So you have to ask for a demo. A lot of times you're going to get the business email, lunk alarm. Where, you know, you type in your Gmail by accident, so you get the lunk alarm. But, whatever. All of them, none of them are going to have a scheduling link, because that's just how they are, because everyone doesn't understand. And so you have to do the back and forth emails with an SDR. Then you get to the first call, and it's a qualifying call. But, like, you're already five hours in from all the chaos. Now, you have to have the demos. Awesome. You get to the demos, they're like a 30 minute, some, one yeah. schedule's up for 30 minutes, one schedule's for 45, one schedule's for an hour. They always go over that time yep. and leave out pricing. So you have to have another call for pricing and then another call for a sales engineer. If you look at your calendar, obviously you have other things to do. <laughs> By that time, it's been like 30 hours in two weeks and then you have to pitch the platform to your CFO and CEO who is going to have rebuttals on price or how can we take another tech, get rid of that and condense it. 
So now I have to do more research on condensing the tech. Fight with the contracts you already have on the current tech you have to appease the CFO. Then to go back to the vendors that you want to buy. Well, who's just in the snow? <laughs> I mean, by that time, you're, you move on to another company. You move on to another It's a time suck. It's cool to see the platforms, and you like to have, make the decision. I get that. It is, though. Wow, it sucks. It does. And Only I think we're easier. on influencers right now. So hmm? Tim's hmm? our guy in the sense that we use Tim, and this is his job for us. So, like, he does literally do this. Now, if you notice, though, he didn't, like, reference directive all there. If you go up, let's go up to the top of his profile. Yeah, I think he's doing that more with, like, YouTube videos now or LinkedIn videos. Go to his link tree. Let's see if it's there. Probably LinkedIn. Yeah, you can might be on YouTube as well, but yeah, it's LinkedIn too. Tim, you better link my website if I'm paying you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we do have to have some of that, but I think that's kind of the point, right? Is yeah. you need like you need to have somebody promoting the brand, mm -hmm. and I think doing some of these stuff. Now, what do we need as influencers? You know, what I'm saying like, so that's a employee who's an influencer. You have also myself who does a ton of content. I'm trying to understand, like, if you're a B2B company, who does it? Do you, is it your content person? Is it your marketing department? Is it the founder? It kind of feels like it has to be the founder a lot of times, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be anyone who's maybe known for the craft and then their goal is to bridge it to the product. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, Pep's a founder, but Pep Lijah does a good job on his LinkedIn. Like, I don't know if you want to go to his recent post i think tim even con commented on it saying yeah like, tim does really good on this LinkedIn. is a good hidden plug Fifty-four thousand followers is a lot of followers on linkedin so he's pretty active on the platform yeah so if you go to maybe post activity he's got like 27 comments he's got a good amount of there you go and then you got 18 comments so a lot of guys are still doing this right the classic like uh oh he's got only a couple lines too i mean you just got to be really diligent about it Couple couple things every day. He does some promo for his brands. Three times founder. You always have like the little bio. So I think you do have to kind of, if you're a founder right now, I do feel like you have to embrace being a bit of an influencer. Yeah. If you want to compete. Like I know that's why I do it. I don't do it because I'm overly passionate about like being an influencer. That is not even remotely me. I do this show. I do all my content because I don't want some 22-year-old hotshot to just beat me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I feel like I got to be out there promoting myself and helping other people. The part I like about content is education. That's why we do this more long form content yeah. and it's more education style. I like, I did a lot of the clip videos and eventually I was like, Scarlett, I can't do any more clips. Like for the love of God, I know our TikTok agency wants me to do clips, but I can't do the clips. Like just straight up, my journey on it was like long form content that I would try to clip down, but I don't do things for the sake of followers virality. I'm literally just doing it because this is what I think and I want to help people. Yeah. So I'm really bad at playing the game. And then we got hired this agency who's very good. I'm the problem, not them. I'll be clear. I think they're actually really good. I'm the issue. And they want me to, like, talk about Kim K or, like, trending topics that they know. Like, when I talk about Kim K, I got 500,000 views on TikTok. Like, yeah. Like, when we do our, to like, hot topics or when I do my own videos, like, those ones where I do the trending things, they go viral. Mm-hmm. But I don't really feel passionate about those things. I feel more passionate about, like, deep educational content. But I 
haven't figured out how to make that be influencery in the sense that like builds an audience. So that's what we're going to start working with the content people a little more around how I can do informational long form content that is actually valuable. And the problem with just doing clips is if you're just doing all the clips and people like your clips, where do they go if they want more than just a clip? Cause it's like the, the strategy doesn't feed itself with the clips. Yeah. Cause if all you have is clips and then you watch the clip, you're like, Oh, that was dope. I want more. And you can't get the full thing. You're just like, kind of like a, you're like, kind of like just doing clips. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I think like we you just need have to separate ourselves from like needing 500,000 views. Yeah, because that we don't need we don't have an audience of five hundred thousand yeah. people. Like if we get a hundred views and they're all CMOS at SaaS or tech companies that we don't currently work with, that's insane. That's why Tim is so effective on LinkedIn. Yeah, because he has that SaaS tech marketing audience he's built. Yeah, he's referenced on intro calls. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, he has great views for a B two B influencer to have thousands of views on a video is awesome. It's huge on TikTok. But outside of that, like, I don't look at that and be like, ah, oh, he should be at a million. It's like, no, that's not the... That's the size of his audience. The size of the audience, yeah. And I think if you want to go get a bigger audience, the problem is is you also lose your positioning and your voice. Unless you're just doing yeah, the big The people tops. that matter now don't care because you're aligning with the mass market and... Yeah, now you're doing more motivational, inspirational, entrepreneurial content than you are highly relevant SaaS marketing content. Yeah. And so now the people you care about might think it's BS. Or you that side. your audience is impossible for you to monetize with your product fit. And I think that's the part for B2B companies is if you're in B2B or if you're in technology, don't do things. This is what I'm learning too. Don't do things for views. Do things for the depth of your audience, not the breadth of your audience. Mm-hmm. Like make sure it's people you can monetize your product with. Don't just do like influencer marketing because someone has the most followers Find someone who has the most followers in your niche. And a tool you can use for that is SparkToro. Will you pull that up real quick? I want to show this to people if they haven't seen the tool before. It can be helpful. Yeah, if you just go to there, like, there, yeah. So you could search, like, uh, try it for free real quick. I think they'll let you do, like, a free search. Register with your Google, yeah. There you go, Scarlet. Power user. (laughs) We're getting you on all the tech platforms. I am a, you're a consultant at an agency. Yeah. Oh, they didn't care about anything else. Cool. <laughs> they didn't want to know what agency. I love that. Come on, Rand, you got to ask what agency so you can upsell her. All right, but my audience frequently, so look at what his options are here. So this is how you can find people. So you can do visits the website is usually a you like the one. Visits the website. So like what's a website you would want to influence for, Scarlett? That's maybe, what do you got? Let's just do openai.com. There we go. Since we were talking about them today. So this will give us all. So let's say I'm a new company in AI and I want to find the people who are talking about AI the most. Mm -hmm. And I want to get them to promote my product in B2B, right? This is a B2B influencer campaign. So I am a marketing reporting software that leverages GPT-4 and their API. And it's like a interface that you can put, you can export all your Google Analytics data, upload it to my product. And I will give you 10 powerful insights in less than 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, who could I get to promote me? Boom. Let's go see. And then high engagement hidden gems. Let's see who Jack Clark is. So he does one AI, co-chair index A, writer. Perfect. Now I've got Jack. And I'm going to see if Jack wants to talk about my product. 
That's a pretty sweet use case for somebody right there. What do you think? Yeah. Not bad. Now, or let's go back. So then let's go to Sama. So go to go to that. Uh, no, just go to the drop down. Sorry. See that one right there. Then go to um, follows the social account. So click follows the social account. And then let's go uh, Sama S A M A. So that's the founder of OpenAI. So he might be the most biggest guy on Twitter. So these would be all the people following his profile, and then you can see what they're talking about and social accounts they follow most to then essentially figure out and some high engagement hidden gems like George, I follow that guy, Gurgly Orozov or Elizabeth Yin. Those are two people that you could then ask if they would do some promo for your AI product. Do you see that? Now it's cool if you look on the left bar, you go to podcasts. We got to tag Rand in this too because I feel like this is a good video for them to show like how their products use. Now you can see all these different people. Now I could go there and I could advertise on these podcasts. So this week in startups or masters of scale, and I could take out a 30 second spot on their podcast, promoting my AI product. Mm-hmm. And now I'm finding essentially how to do my influencer marketing in B2B. Yeah. Even reviewing those hashtags, like within yeah. machine learning on Instagram or TikTok, like what the heck are the videos? Where are the videos getting traction? Or you're building your personas. Click on demographics. Let's say I'm building personas, right, for AI, mm-hmm. to your point. Then I can go here and I can see skills, interests, job roles, fields, employer industries. Now I can start to build out my personas based off of the people who are following the top accounts in that field. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I like SparkToro. Yeah, it's a great tool. I, I find this is just some, I think, healthy criticism. It lacks depth. Yes. Would you completely agree? Because I use it a lot as a starting off point, Mm -hmm. but then I have to get off and then do a lot more of my own research. I can't get as deep as I want with their database yet. Yeah, it it definitely shows me the possibilities, and then I get off it, and I'm looking for, like, specific YouTube channels. I know. What's all out there, and... Go to their YouTube, too, because I get... That's what happens to me, too. Like, I get... Yeah, like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. And if you can see the rest of it, what happens is like its first five, six suggestions are pretty good. And then once I get past like 10 on anything, I feel like I'm really like, frankly, not in the most relevant area of information. Yeah, I click. So it shows you good channels, but then I go to those channels and then I see, did they have two videos around this topic? Is their whole channel around this? Yeah, it gets... Should I like advertise to their channel or do I just select the two videos within their channel to advertise on? I think that's, have to go. and I think Casey does all his technical stuff, and, and the, he's very talented. I, I like the product. I just, I personally, as a user, every time I've tried to show someone, it goes really good until I scroll, and then once I scroll, I'm like, ah, I wish, like, maybe it's because all these things are so small. Like the that's what I always think. In their defense, think you know what I mean. Where it comes in, or where I think to use it is when I'm very challenged. Yes, to do things just another way yet i think that just throws me into a trap where it's like yeah dude it's hard to figure out yeah maybe in not there a lot out there so the platform there, then struggles to do there's not that many great youtube channels on ai right yeah. but maybe there is i've always found like five or six more when i went and did my own research mm-hmm. that i was like these are dope like yeah but it does give me a launching off point and sometimes i can do their web like i can click through to that one and then find it on the next one if that makes sense so like i can search sama 
then find the best podcast and click on the podcast and then find more, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I can, or I can go to their followers on their Twitter or these, and I can like, but it's a really good foundational starting point. And I'm a big Definitely. fan of Spark Toro, but I do want more depth out of it. That would be my only critique. Yeah. But I don't, would you say Spark Toro is built for B2B or B2C general? His background is B2B. I think on both of them, it, it's still B2B, right? Cause you're, you're usually, well, I don't know. His background's more local. So it is still, it's no, like they weren't more... a local product. They weren't local SEO. That was just Moz Local. It was like a business. Oh, unit, it, was wasn't a, it? Just a, it was a smaller business, business function within it. Okay. That grew up. Yeah. They, it was like an acquisition. They acquired someone and then they rebranded it. Mm. But no, I, I would say it's good. I would like to see more. Custom search might be AI based. We click on that. I want to see what they're developing. The beta, yeah, the beta thing, the custom left. search. Oh yeah, it's only in that. Yeah, so you know, I think they're growing, but it's cool. I like the product. Yeah. I think it just it does need more depth. Well, it says drones, so maybe it is built more for mass audiences and consumer audiences. Because that's sure it does my struggle better. is like very hyper niche B two B categories. I know, like when I do Kubernetes or something, and I'm trying to find something in his yeah, defense. headless commerce. I'm like, okay, let's find those influencers for headless commerce. I know, I do the same thing, like so. Kubernetes or like endpoint protection, and then yeah, maybe it's just because we serve tech and B two B. It's just less. It's yeah. just harder for them to find that depth. But to your point, if I was doing surfboards or something, or surfing or fishing, yeah. It probably has. We have to go back to the dashboard. I want to try one last one because I do. I've been like hardcore in the fishing game. Let's talk about like uh, fishing. I want to see who they put up because this would be a consumer audience. Yeah, definitely. That I I've been pretty like I follow all the accounts, so I'm curious. Um. Yeah. See, this is better in that sense. And go to like uh, podcasts. Bassmaster, Orvis, fly fishing. Yeah, they have it. I don't do fly fishing or anything. I do more salt. But to their point, like you can see that they're growing in that mm-hmm. regard. So I don't know. These are fun topics, man. Did you like doing the topics? Yeah. Something different today? Yeah. Hopefully you all liked it as well. Um, really appreciate you tuning in. Episode 30. That's what you say. You got 30 episodes before you're successful. Uh, Thousands? Maybe times 10. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We'll, we'll conclude that data when it happens. Yeah, once we start getting thousands of downloads. I think 1,000 downloads per episode would be a... That would be massive. That would be massive. I'd say even 100. I don't think we're, get, we're yeah. at, totally at 100 yet. So keep supporting us if you can. Uh, tell your friends. We're going to keep trying to get better and better for you all and add more value. Hopefully you all enjoyed the new format today. Let us know in the comments. As always, rate, review, leave five stars. Um, share with your friends, family, dog, anyone you know. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we'll see you next week.